Hello there, Sean. We hope you're finding a moment to relax and catch up on the news today. Absolutely, no matter where you might be tuning in from. Let's dive into what's happening around the tech world and beyond. First up, we're looking at how generative AI models, like ChatGPT, are responding differently based on the tone of prompts they're given. It's fascinating, Jonathan. Users have found that being polite or adding an urgent tone can actually yield better results from these AIs. There's even talk about incentivizing these models with rewards to improve performance. I'm Jonathan Martin. And I'm Steve Onsker. Welcome to Up Next from PocketPod News. Google's in hot water again after its AI model Gemini made a questionable decision regarding diversity in images, including transforming the founding fathers into a multicultural group without historical context. And in our third story, the U.S. Department of Justice reveals intriguing insights into the search market competition through its case against Google. From DuckDuckGo's profitability to Neva's pivot and acquisition by Snowflake, there's a lot to unpack about the challenges facing Google's competitors. With technology evolving every day, these stories remind us of its impact on society and the ongoing debates around ethics and responsibility. Stick around. We're here to keep you informed with all you need to know today. This message is brought to you by PocketPod. Say goodbye to one-size-fits-all podcasts and hello to a fully personalized listening experience with AI-crafted podcast made just for you. Head over to PocketPod.app to join the waitlist. It seems like the way we talk to AI is more important than ever. Absolutely. Especially with generative AI models like ChatGPT, researchers and users alike are finding that how you phrase your prompts using urgency, importance, or even politeness can really make a difference in the responses you get. To delve deeper into this fascinating topic, we're joined by PocketPod news technology analyst Katrina Shelton. Katrina, it's interesting to see how emotive prompts are affecting AI performance. What can you tell us about the latest findings and theories? Absolutely, Jonathan. The latest findings reveal that generative AI models, including popular chatbots like ChatGPT, respond more effectively to prompts that carry an emotional charge, be it urgency, importance, or even politeness. This trend has been noted by a wide spectrum of users, from casual interactors to dedicated researchers. It seems these AI systems have been trained on such a vast array of human interactions that they've learned to pick up on and react more positively to the nuances of emotive language. That's quite intriguing. Could you elaborate on the research studies that have been conducted in this area? Certainly. Several reputable institutions have explored this phenomenon in depth. For instance, teams from Microsoft, Beijing Normal University, and the Chinese Academy of Sciences have all conducted studies revealing how the tone and urgency of prompts can significantly influence generative AI behavior. Um, another interesting study by Anthropic highlighted similar findings. These research efforts collectively suggest a complex relationship between the training data fed into these AI models and their resultant responses to emotive prompts. And what theories are being proposed to explain why these emotive prompts are so effective? Nohad Ziri from the Allen Institute for AI has offered an insightful theory regarding this. Um, she suggests that emotive prompts essentially manipulate the model's probability mechanisms. In simpler terms, when we use emotionally charged language in our prompts, we're activating parts of the model's programming that don't typically engage with more neutral or straightforward requests. Um, this alignment with deeply ingrained training patterns increases the likelihood of generating the desired output from these AI systems. That makes sense. But are there any risks associated with using such emotive language in our interactions with AI? 
indeed, there are some concerns. Um, while leveraging emotive language can enhance interaction quality and effectiveness with AI models, it also potentially bypasses certain safeguards against harmful outputs. The fact that these emotional cues can so easily override built-in safety measures is worrisome and highlights a critical gap in how general training data aligns or doesn't with safety protocols designed to prevent misuse or harmful behavior um, by these AIs. Looking forward, what does the future hold for using emotive prompts with generative AI models? The reliance on emotive prompts underscores current limitations in generative AI's understanding of context and human nuances without specific cues. However, there's a silver lining as ongoing research is dedicated to developing new architectures and training methodologies aimed at overcoming these hurdles. The ultimate goal is for future models to grasp tasks and interact in ways that mirror human understanding more closely, without needing such specific prompting. Fascinating insights as always, Katrina. Your expertise really sheds light on this evolving area of technology. Thank you for having me, Jonathan. It's always a pleasure discussing these intriguing topics with you and your listeners. That was PocketPod News Technology Analyst Katrina Shelton. Thanks for joining us today. Google's attempt to promote diversity through its AI has hit a snag. That's right. Their Gemini conversational AI platform, along with the Imogen 2 model, stirred up controversy by producing images that inaccurately represented historical figures like the founding fathers of the United States as a multicultural group. This incident has opened up a wider debate on the challenges of integrating diversity and historical accuracy in AI-generated content. PocketPod news technology analyst Paige Owens joins us to discuss the fallout from this blunder and what it means for the future of AI development. Absolutely, Jonathan. This situation with Google's Gemini conversational AI platform and the Imagine 2 model has indeed stirred a significant conversation regarding the balance between diversity and historical accuracy in AI-generated content. To begin with, Google found itself at the center of controversy after its AI attempted to promote diversity by generating images that portrayed the founding fathers of the United States as a multicultural group. This move, while well-intentioned in its effort to address systemic biases within AI models, resulted in historically inaccurate representations that ignited widespread debate. That sounds like quite the oversight on Google's part. Can you delve into how the public reacted to this incident? The reaction was swift and divided, Jonathan. On one hand, critics accused Google of pushing a woke agenda, claiming that such moves contribute to technological overreach and distort historical facts. On the other hand, there were voices concerned about the broader implications of AI's role in shaping our understanding of history and culture. This backlash is reflective of ongoing societal debates around diversity, equity, inclusion, DEI, and technology companies' influence on public discourse. Interesting points there. What was Google's response to all this criticism? In response, Google issued what could be described as an apology-adjacent statement. They acknowledged that their attempt at injecting diversity led to these inaccuracies due to systemic biases present in their training data and a failure to properly account for historical context when generating images. Essentially, they pointed out the technical challenges they face in developing AI models that are both diverse and contextually accurate. It seems like systemic bias and training data played a significant role here. Could you explain more about that? Certainly. The controversy sheds light on a wider issue within AI development. Systemic biases are often embedded within training data itself. 
These biases can cause AI models like Imagen2 to default towards depicting white individuals more frequently due to their overrepresentation in source material used for training these systems. It raises important questions on how developers can ensure their models reflect global diversity accurately without introducing historical inaccuracies. And what about implicit instructions or system prompts? How do they fit into this picture? To counteract these inherent biases, companies like Google incorporate implicit instructions or system prompts designed to encourage diversity or prevent inappropriate content generation within their models. However, as we've seen with this blunder, such measures can backfire without careful calibration for specific contexts, leading to unexpected outcomes like rewriting historical figures as multicultural ensembles. With all these complexities, who should bear responsibility for these kinds of mistakes? While it might be easy to blame the machine or even label it as an inadvertent error due to overly cautious algorithms, ultimately the responsibility rests with the developers who create and refine these systems. This situation underscores the need for greater transparency and accountability in AI development processes, ensuring that efforts toward inclusivity do not compromise factual accuracy. Paige Owens from PocketPod News Technology Analysis Team, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Jonathan. It's no secret Google holds a titanic presence in the search engine market, but recent insights from the U.S. Department of Justice's case against the tech giant have shed light on just how deep that dominance runs. Absolutely, and it's not just about Google's own strategies to stay on top. We're seeing fascinating details about competitors like DuckDuckGo and Neva, their struggles, innovations, and even why some had to pivot or exit the market. And who could forget the intriguing tactics employed by Google to maintain its market leadership? They've made significant payments to Apple and navigated through a landscape where younger users are turning to platforms like TikTok for searches. To dive deeper into this story, we've got PocketPod News Business and finance correspondent Scott Dwyer joining us. Scott has been closely following this case and will break down what these revelations mean for Google, its competitors, and the future of online search. Scott? Thanks, Steve. Uh, this case against Google is a real treasure trove for understanding not just the dynamics of the search market, but also how startups like DuckDuckGo and Neva are navigating these waters. Let's start with DuckDuckGo. They've been profitable since 2014, largely thanks to search advertising, yet Google's court filings have thrown some shade their way, accusing them of not investing enough in innovation. Despite this criticism, DuckDuckGo has built a substantial user base, hitting 100 million people globally by 2021. That's quite impressive for DuckDuckGo. Uh, but what about Neva? They took a different path with their subscription model, right? Absolutely, Steve. Founded by ex-Googlers in 2019, Neva aimed to disrupt the market with an ad-free search experience. They introduced some cutting-edge features like generative AI, which garnered attention. However, competing against free services proved too challenging, and they pivoted to focus on enterprise solutions before Snowflake acquired them in May 2023 for approximately $184.4 million in cash. Transitioning from consumer to enterprise is no small feat. Speaking of transitions, Yahoo's journey in the search space has seen its own kind of pivot after partnering with Microsoft back in 2009. Exactly, and that partnership was significant because it allowed Yahoo to step back from actively crawling the web and developing its own search technology. It illustrates how strategic alliances sometimes serve as lifelines for companies struggling to keep up with Google's pace. 
And speaking of Google's pace, they've been employing various strategies to maintain their dominance in this space. Can you tell us more about that? For sure. One of Google's most notable moves is its payment to Apple, $18 billion, to remain the default search engine on iPhones. This kind of financial muscle plays a crucial role in keeping Google at the top of the food chain despite innovative approaches from competitors like DuckDuckGo and Neva. With Google maintaining such a strong position, where does this leave the overall competition landscape? The landscape is evolving rapidly. Traditional web searching faces competition from specialized apps like Yelp or Airbnb and even AI platforms such as ChatGPT. Moreover, younger users are turning more towards social media platforms like TikTok for information searches rather than relying solely on web searches, indicating a shift towards diversified online information sources beyond just Google or any other traditional search engines. It sounds like while startups might struggle against giants like Google directly within traditional search markets, there could be opportunities elsewhere in this broader ecosystem. Precisely. Innovation doesn't only come from beating giants at their own game, but often from changing the rules entirely, finding niche success or exploring uncharted territories where user behaviors are shifting. Fascinating insights as always, Scott. Thank you for breaking down what this case reveals about the state of online search and competition. My pleasure, Steve. Always interesting to delve into how these technological and business dynamics play out. And that's up next for Saturday, February 24th, 2024. I'm Jonathan Martin. And I'm Steve Onsker. Thank you for listening, Sean. We hope you have a good day and we will see you tomorrow. This podcast was created by PocketPod entirely with AI. If you'd like to learn more, head over to pocketpod.app.